Welcome to the Social Propertypreneur Podcast. And here is your host, social media queen, property investor, and entrepreneur, Laura Muse. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a live episode of the Social Property Pinner podcast with me, Laura Muse. Um, today, I am honored to have the fabulous Jane Baylor join us. Hi, Jane. Hi, it's great to be here, and thank you so much, Laura, for inviting me. Such an honor and a privilege as well. No, thank you. Um, so straight into it, Jane, for people who don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about you? Because um, you've got vast experience, um, which I think would be valuable to so many people watching. Could you share a little bit about who Jane is and what you've done? Yes, of course. Well, I'm known as a smart connector. So that's my business at the moment. So I help entrepreneurs rapidly scale their businesses and achieve growth and freedom in their lives. And I have a proprietary client uh, lead generation system that I'm developing at the moment for that. Um, but I also have a property business. And for the last uh, five years, I've been quite active in, in property. I, I work with um, high net worth investors and developers and I kind of match people. That's why one of the facets of the smart connector, shall we say. Prior to that, I worked for uh, 20 years in media and entertainment in London and um, grew and sold a brand identity business to a US communications group called Interpublic. I'm a mum of three children, although they're a little bit older now. And um, yeah, you know, uh, that's, well, I'm, I'm here to talk about anything that you like, Laura. So <laughs> yeah. Cool. I mean, obviously, I don't really want to mention it, but I'm going to have to. This is yeah. lockdown eve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, it is, yes. Um, how, obviously, you speak to a lot of business owners. Um mm. What do you think, a lot of people are panicking, let's be honest. So what do you feel people should be doing to continue to push their businesses forward, still create leads, because lead gen is really important, especially in this time, so yes. that they can have a stronger business when we do come out in another, hopefully, four weeks. Um, mm -hmm. What's your advice to business owners at this, this time? Because it's, you know, it's unknown for a lot of people. Yes, yes, of course. Um, and I think particularly local businesses are really, really suffering and struggling. It's a little bit different for people like us who have um, a lot of online activity already up and running. But I really do feel for them. And so I think the, the most important thing is mindset. Try not to panic or feel negative. And I know that's easier said than done. But this is also an opportunity and every challenge has an opportunity within it. Yeah. So you're probably going to get some time, um, perhaps that you you didn't have already, particularly if you do have a local business and take that time really to master um, social media, organic lead generation. Um, look at paid traffic and whether that's right for you is obviously depends on the stage of your business. But every single business, whether it's a local business or an online business, um, needs to get more sophisticated in terms of um, digital marketing and social media. So this is the opportunity and the time to do that, I would say, and reach out and connect to people and don't get lonely and, or isolated yeah. because that's awful and that will just impact your productivity. No, so <laughs> as, a, as a fairly kind of... Um, brief piece of advice that's what I'd say if you mentioned mindset there Jane I mean I do a lot of things in my personal life um you know 
over the last five years especially and it has taken me on a completely different path and I, I would say that I am a completely different person from working on my mindset what things have you done and what things could you advise others to to start looking at to you know at the moment I'm reading a book um the millionaire mind it's something I've I've heard of a, a lot about um what can we do now practical things and what have you done because I know you've had some challenges in your life yes yes indeed um I've I've really had some very very difficult times in my life and like you I've been on my own mindset journey and I'm actually reading, rereading a book at the moment called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz, which is quite a weighty book, but it's got some fantastic principles in it yeah. in terms of just um, what you focus on. Your thoughts become your reality. They affect your feelings. And so try not to dwell on all the too much on the difficulties and the challenges that are that, that are going on at the moment. But instead, um, Think about possibilities, find ways to get excited about your life. Um, make plans that make you feel good. Um, and when you look back on your life, try not to dwell too much on the bad times or the struggles or the failures. That's what I've learned. Uh, try and remember your, your successes because we all have them. And... Um, and what happens is if you spend too much time thinking about um, the bad times or the struggles or whatever, your brain kind of tricks you into thinking that you're making new goals yeah. to struggle or have difficulties. And that's what this book is all about. So um, really just guard your mind. And, um, you know, if, if you have um, current um, challenges, particularly to do with COVID and the loss of business opportunity, then just be kind to yourself and, um, you know, reach out to other people and try and find some uh, new uh, activity or possibility that you can focus on. Do you do things like uh, declarations or affirmations? Is that something that you do on a regular basis? Well, I actually do, Laura, and I, I do find those helpful because yeah. Uh, some people say, well, affirmations don't work. They're just tricking the, the mind. And I mean, yeah, you know, to a certain extent, I guess this is all tricking the mind, isn't it? But if you trick your mind into feeling good, is it really harmful? Yeah. As long as you're not in denial about, um, you know, the, the challenges. I mean, you, you've got to strike a balance, obviously. And my sister, who hasn't been through all of this mindset training she's actually a therapist and she would often say to me Jane you're just in denial about this that and the other and it's, it's like no actually I'm perfectly aware of this that and the other I'm not in denial the fact that I'm not kind of collapsing and weeping and um and and you know just uh, acting like a victim is because I just learned um the mental tools that enable me to to stay resilient and a lot of that obviously came through my cancer journey because, you know, you can't be in a position where you, you are literally living for days and days and days thinking that you're going to die imminent, imminently. Yeah. So um, having, having been through that and, and really reached rock bottom thinking, I'm just going to leave my children behind and no one's going to look after them. And, you know, that, that is just a terrible, terrible thought. You, you, I was really back against the wall. I had no option but to find a way forward I guess 
So is that when you is that when you embarked on your your mindset journey when you you know got your diagnosis? Yes, um, in in a way. I mean, it had to go a bit deeper than faith uh, than mindset at that time, and had to kind of really go into faith because yeah. um, you know my diagnosis was was quite bad. Um, yeah. I had, uh, you know, the full works, chemotherapy, uh, radiotherapy. I had six operations um, over a number of years, a complete um, mastectomy reconstruction, uh, the whole lot. Um, And I had also had um, what's called an extravasation injury, which is when the chemotherapy fluids go into the arm and actually give you a chemical burn from within. So it was all very, very nasty. And um, poor prognosis by the doctors. And this was nine years ago. And I have never had a relapse. And I'm really, you know, fit, well, full of energy, um, doing everything that I wanted to do with my life. I mean, in many ways, it was very much a a blessing. But you can't always see that at the time. And so for anybody, and I know we keep on saying this because, as you said, we are on the, leave, on the eve of a lockdown that is going to leave a lot of business owners feeling quite despairing. Just as Winston Churchill said, uh, when you're going through hell, keep going, you know, just yeah. keep going because there is another, another, you will come out the other side. And that's, you know, the message that I wanted to convey to everybody really that uh, we all have these bad times and challenges and of course I hope that none of you listening in will be getting uh, cancer as badly as I did but there are many many other things that can go wrong and um, you know life changes and evolves all the time and it's full of ups and downs and that's just life and you will get through it emerge stronger with some incredible lessons so I just want to encourage and inspire, really. I mean, mental health has been a bit of a taboo for many, many years. And I think it's, you know, especially the last two years, it's been definitely more prolific in, especially in the business world. Um, mm. What's your views on counselling? I'm open to say that I've had counselling and it certainly has helped me in my journey. Um, you know, I haven't personally had cancer. but I've lost family members who have um, mm. and it's helped me through that time. A lot of people... I would say are ashamed to admit they've had counselling. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, you know, I've had uh, all sorts of kind of therapy counselling. I've had coaches. I've had a lot of support over the years. I mean, like massive support. Yeah. Um, and I think that we need that. I mean, we don't just need professional uh, professionals who are looking after our mental health, but we also need um friends you know and and peers and all sorts of people around us i mean i i think that connection is absolutely critical it really is not everybody can afford um yeah high quality counseling and psychotherapy or whatever to a certain extent it is a luxury um but i would definitely say all of it is helpful all of it but you do have to uh, choose carefully, I think, who you unburden yourself to. No, and at times in the past, you know, once or twice, I found myself with somebody and I've just thought, I've actually bumped up against their limiting belief systems. And so now, um, if I seek counsel, I do like to, uh, I do, like to, to uh, do it with people who have some insight into my world and my challenges and shall we say the kind of 
you know, the entrepreneurial roller coaster um, <laughs> rather than, you know, the world of paid employment because they are quite different. Very, yes, I do agree. You know, in regards to, um, so I, I'm sure you have found this. Once you embark on this uh, mindset journey and you start, you know, looking after yourself and wanting to become a better version of yourself, mm-hmm. you do tend to find the circle around you changes and um, mind dramatically changed. Um, it did it. Is that something that's happened to you or have you held on to a lot of people from the past or how has that worked for you? Uh, I think I think it's true. I think people will either come with you or they will take a stand against you. Yeah. If you and, and a lot of entrepreneurs say this to me when they try to push out, push out there and set some ambitious goals for themselves. Um, uh, marriages break up sometimes uh, yeah. my marriage ended in divorce I'm, I'm not saying that it was for that reason um, but uh, it is very very common and not only marriages but friends from the past um, really anybody that has known you in your uh, past life but it's particularly common I think with family members yeah. that they don't they want to see you as as they knew you they don't want to see you change because it's uncomfortable for them and maybe it challenges something for them and um yeah i mean i've definitely experienced that and um i think if people are really behind you and they actually care about you and they love you unconditionally they will get behind you and they'll say look it doesn't matter who whoever you are whatever you do you know you are still lovable and interesting and i'm i'm supporting you that's what i would do with my children whatever choice they made so people that actually stand back and they take a bit of a stand against you and they say i don't think you're doing the right thing here and they start to criticize and kind of nitpick and and do all of those things to that that might kind of undermine you or, or make you doubt yourself um you definitely have to, I think, reevaluate your relationships and keep people like that at arm's length. Yes. Um, and that is the advice that I give people if they ask me, uh, because it's a very, very common uh, issue, I think, with with entrepreneurs and particularly in property. I know that you're in property, yeah. Laura, you know, so in property, what tends to happen is people embark on quite an intense journey. Um, because you have to do that in order to get going. It's a very demanding business. It's very competitive. But uh, people tend to try and do it within a few short years to get themselves into a position where their lives are dramatically different and better than they were before. And, of course, um, that is perhaps stressful, should we say, for people around them who have they're used to a should we say a classic nine to five yeah. um, type of life, uh, the type of life where, you know, you go home, you, you have a meal at half past five or six o'clock or something. Then you settle down to watch TV for the evening. And I'm sure it's, you like, it's like you're talking about my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how life used to be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. In fairyland. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I completely agree. And me, me and my husband have certainly been through that where we've, you know, we've gone into property full time and, you know, we have been working I mean, James has always worked very long hours anyway, and so have I. But going from employment for me into 
self-employed. A lot of my friends didn't understand that and I certainly didn't understand property. Um, So, you know, I could count on one hand the amount of original lifelong friends I have now um, because the rest just don't want to come on that journey with me and that's fine. Um, But it's too much negativity and I just don't need that. So I've moved away as I'm sure many other people have done. Yes, yes. And, you know, sometimes there's a lot of pain associated with that. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, working with somebody at the moment who's, whose marriage has fairly recently broken up. And of course, in fact, I know a couple of, couple of people who's, uh, they're, they're actually both guys, so their wives, they just didn't want to know, you know, they yeah. just didn't want it. And, um, you know, we, I mean, life is long these days, hopefully, uh, for a lot of people and um unfortunately you know we we should be allowed to evolve and we should be allowed to set new goals for our lives and when people uh, they don't want us to do that then it's usually just because of their own fears yeah and um it's not about it's not about us it's about them um but you you know absolutely we 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 have to what is it that jim Rohn says something to do with um with the average of the five people we spend yes. most time with. So if we do spend time with people who are doubting us and criticizing us and judging us and trying to bring us down, it's inevitable that that will have an impact on us. And that was very much my, um, that was very much how I was when I was, when I was married because my husband was not supportive and, mm. um, you know, not, not very nice to me really. And I, I know now because I'm so much happier and more kind of energetic and focused and, you know, I'm just doing what I want to do. I know what an impact that had on me now. And actually, although he did run off and, you know, have an affair and disappeared overnight, and it was, of course, a shock, but I realise now that it is much, much better that we're not together. Yeah. Well, this brings me on to motherhood. So obviously Ah. you've had a very, very successful um, career, um, but you've also brought up three children at the same time. That must have been difficult because she wasn't, you know, you wasn't just in a nine to five. You've had some amazing, incredible jobs. You've built huge businesses. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about that, how, what the struggles were, how you managed that? Because it cannot have been easy. I've, I've only got one little girl and it's difficult. <laughs> it's <laughs> <And> mine <laughs> three. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, could you chat to us a little bit about that, please? Mm-hmm. Well, um, so... So my, uh, my girls are 25, 22 and 18 now. So um, this is, this is um, you know, they, they are grown up. So I yeah. don't have that challenge right now. But in the past, um, it, was, it was unbelievably difficult when I was working in uh, media and entertainment because it's a very demanding industry. Yeah. And I met the father of my older two when actually we were both abroad. We were working on a big car launch in Sweden. So we had six weeks out there and we kind of fell in love and, you know, uh, got together and had the two children. But he was a very unstable uh, character. He was a lovely man in many ways, but pretty unstable at at the same time. And when we had the two children, it was just... um, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't working. And I really had to leave him because, because he had terrible mood swings and, you know, was quite aggressive um, at times. So, so I was single parent with these, with a two-year-old and a four-year-old and flying all around the world. Um, So, 
it was just uh, the the whole thing. When I look back, it was just insane. It was a complete blur. Um, somebody else was really bringing up my children because I had a nanny. And as the children got older, that really got to be a problem. Yeah. Because I realised that that they weren't my children. They weren't. Uh, they were actually turning into her children because yeah. she was instilling them with her values her way of doing things she they even talked like her um and i felt like i'd had these children to just hand them over to somebody else and that was really really painful so i just kind of became absolutely determined that i was going to find a way out of this and so this was um i mean obviously life went on yeah but what happened i mean it was a very highly paid career it was you know very good career by many people's standards um but I was invited by this guy who had this um struggling design agency to come and you know be his MD be the shareholder um he decided fairly quickly that he wanted to either grow it with um external investment which we did look at so angel investors yeah. or um grow it and sell it and without going into the details, we ended up growing it and selling it. And that gave me finally the exit <laughs> that I was looking for yeah. and never looked back, really. Um, that was it. I was not going to go back to the J-O-B, no matter how much anybody was going to pay me after that. And um, that definitely was um, amazing because it was a you know one-time event Um that just, I just ended up with a whole load of cash in my bank account on top of, you know, I had been earning a good salary and profit share and bonuses and all the rest of it. So that was pretty nice. Um, And, but it wasn't the end of the challenge or the struggle, should we say. And I don't know whether you've experienced this as well, Laura, but actually going from being a working mother in a way you had a a purpose and a rhythm. I'm not saying that there wasn't, uh, you know, struggles along the way, but you had an identity. And I think when you leave employment and you go into the world of self-employment or entrepreneurship, all that falls away. And I think a lot of mothers actually, including me, struggle with this sense of identity because, um, yeah, it's just like, well, who am I now? And you really, there's a lot of redefinition that needs to go on and not losing yourself into the yeah. world of motherhood. All of that. It's its challenging, isn't it? A hundred percent. I mean, I um, my daughter went to nurse when she was quite young. Uh, she was nine months old, which some people agreed, some people didn't. But I had <laughs> to do that because I, I, needed, I needed me back and I had to be a little bit selfish and Yes, she goes to nursery three days a week and I was trying to start a new business. Um, but you just get so consumed and then definitely guilt sets in. I've had this child, um, I'm sending her off to nursery. But I had to do a lot of work on my mindset because my mum was everything to me. She, you know, she'd go above and beyond and she was always there. Um, but my life wasn't turning out like that. So for me, my mindset, I had to overcome do you know what I'm doing this for the greater good yes I'm sacrificing some time now but it is for long-term gain and it's something I do struggle with um even now if I'm honest and especially the amount of hours we sometimes do work Mm, well well um (laughs) uh, I actually did a podcast when I I, because I'm on a marketing mastermind with with Rob Moore and we actually a few of us did a mumpreneur podcast fairly recently we all went around the room 
and everybody um, has maternal guilt. All mothers have maternal guilt. And so this was obviously one of the topics that we talked about. And my uh, view on, on that is that maternal guilt is a natural instinct for a mother. It's kind of like the radar that tells us not to push it too far. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so I think we've all got to kind of find our peace around that. Yeah. And I know that my children, uh, a lot of the times, you know, they've said to me, you, you aren't present, you work too hard. Um, but, you know, they have many, many complaints over the years. And we're not actually here to please our children. And I think that's the important thing that, it, in fact, it's better not to wrap them up in cotton wool and just try to cater to their every whim. Yeah. They've got to understand that they're kind of, um, this is the real world and that, um, you know, as long as they're loved, as long as their material uh, needs are taken care of, they've got a roof over their head, food and they're loved, that is more than a lot of children have in this world. Yeah. Um, and um, so, you know, I, I do tend to, I've always kind of pushed back a bit on, on my children when they start the entitled stuff, because <laughs> I've, I've seen it a lot, and particularly in my area, which is a very wealthy area. My children went to grammar school. Um, you know, there's a lot of very, very spoilt and entitled and yeah. privileged children. Um, and they have been wrapped up in cotton wool, and I don't think it served them well. No. So, um, yeah, I think I think we need as entrepreneurs, we know that how important resilience is and we need to bring our children up, you know, to be resilient. And part of that means actually accepting that sometimes things don't go their way and sometimes they are not the most important uh, thing. And <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you've you've obviously had that experience of having a mother yourself that where maybe you did feel as though you were her life oh I her was life. definitely yeah 100% and you know that hasn't always served me well especially and I'm being honest probably around the money situation money was uh -huh. you know I never sounds like I've never said this before so <laughs> I've never really had to save I just asked and in my later life pre-James I would say that was probably a bit of an issue like I never had anything in the bank what I earned I spent um didn't really you know see the value of money um shouldn't really say that but yeah and I, that is from my childhood um a hundred percent um yes. but you live and you learn <laughs> yeah 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 there, there was a series on tv recently this uh therapist called mandy saligari or something like that i don't know if you saw any of those no, I didn't see that. these um these celebrities is quite kind of in depth and there was this um i think she's called Gemma collins i mean i'm not oh yes yeah reality TV i know who that is <laughs> you do? You do? Yeah. that's good um and she said that she um that that her parents had always just completely spoilt her and bought everything for her and you know, she had literally never, ever wanted for anything. Yeah. And as a result, what actually happened throughout the course of this interview is that, uh, you know, this therapist, Mandy, she said, well, look, you know, in a way you've been infantilized, I think is the word, but you, you know, you've been babied, right? Yeah. Because, you know, in the real world, uh, we all have to take responsibility for our, uh, for our financial situations. So, yeah. Um, you know, we do have to pass those messages down to our children. But 
you know, I'm sure that you forgive your mother for trying to make things perfect for you because, you know, at the end of the day, you were loved and parents get it wrong. Um, we can't, we're, we're not perfect ever. No. Um, so, you know, look, look, look at you now. You know, she's done a great job. <laughs> Thanks. Congratulations, <laughs> Mum. <laughs> well, like on the, on the flip side of that, obviously that's how I felt at that time. But m- me now looking back, I realised my mum wasn't in a great financial situation. Every day was a struggle. But if she'd have not done what she did to, to make me feel like I was looked after in a way, and, you know, it probably stems back to her mother that she never had any money and my mum didn't have the best upbringing in the world. And, you know, especially this book I'm reading at the minute, that's kind of everything links back to previous, like, parents who you're surrounded by. And I think mm. especially now for me and my husband, who we surround our daughter with and the value of money, because my husband is, he knows when I've spent every single penny. <laughs> um, maybe, we can, <laughs> maybe we can work out a middle ground, <laughs> not that penny. <laughs> um but yeah so hopefully yeah we will overcome that <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think it's progress not perfection you know is, is is always the the approach to take because um you know perfection is is a terrible being a perfectionist is a, is a terrible curse really in a way because we are we cannot be perfect and nothing can be perfect it's unachievable standard so we have to uh, we have to be you know uh, accept ourselves for you know doing the best we can i think that's it yes um and actually i interviewed somebody on my podcast this uh lady carith and um, she's an american lady who i met last year when i was at an event in la She's built a whole movement around this called Be Perfect or Be Happy. And she was actually a former uh, television presenter. She had a very successful career and a comedian. And she's quite a famous comedian. And she used to fly all over the the U.S. before lockdown, obviously, (laughs) giving these talks on, on how you can be perfect or be happy. And she's written a book called Be Perfect or Be Happy. And it's such a simple, a simple concept. But um, we as women, I think, put ourselves under a lot of pressure um, around, um, you know, motherhood, career, business, um, our appearance. You know, we, it's, it's all very, very challenging um, to juggle it all. And really good enough is OK. Jane, can you just tell us a little bit about the Smart Connector? We've not really touched on that. So tell me a little bit about that, What, how you help other people, um, how people can get in touch with you if you want to know more about the Smart Connector. Yeah. Um, so the Smart Connector, in my mind, the Smart Connector is actually a movement because I'm really, really passionate about the concept of connection on so many different levels. And I think connection has an, an application in business, certainly, uh, which you know I'll talk about in a moment. But there's also um, very much a kind of personal uh, story there. And this is, this is why I'm so passionate about this subject. Um, because I really learned as a, uh, after a series of bad decisions, shall we say, when it came to people, that um, connection and relationships are the most important thing in life. Yeah. And um, if you underestimate the value of those and if you let uh, bad people into your life, they will destroy your life. Um, and I'd had um, an experience with some bad guys, shall we say, in, in property where, you know, I lost money. 
and uh, they behaved absolutely terribly because you know their only goal really was to get my money and yeah. run away with it um i also obviously had some pretty bad experience really with my um you know the the marriage to my um youngest daughter's uh, father who yeah. i think also probably chose me because um Oh, I feel a bit bad saying this, but, you know, I, I think that, should we say my professional profile was probably the thing that attracted him. Okay. Um, so, so, um, you know, so what I, what I learned through that is that um, authentic connection and actually surrounding yourself with people who you can be absolutely um, truthful to, who will accept you just the way you are who you trust um, and who will genuinely put aside their own agenda in order to lift you higher, shall we say, yeah. that is the route to personal, professional and business strength. You know, we are not an island. Um, we are all connected with one another. So that's really the concept of smart connection uh, or connection on a personal level that we're all one. Yeah. And some of the most famous philosophers in history have, um, I mean, I've got like a ton of quotes with <laughs> like literally this is even Shakespeare and people like that. They all subscribe to this, but it really took me to reach rock bottom and a whole series of events to collide for me to reflect back on my life and realize so profoundly the truth in that. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's smart connection on the personal level. So I always think of connection as existing on three levels. There's connection to self because we have a relationship with ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, if we flog ourselves to death, then we're not really <laughs> treating ourselves very kindly, are we? Um, so, you know, all of the stuff that we talked about earlier, the mindset and so on, that all comes into connection to self. Then there's connection to others, which is how we kind of, uh, I mean, not just um, how we um, establish rapport and, and trust and all, all of that kind of thing, but also how we hold the line in terms of other people's uh, behavior and attempts to kind of push us beyond our comfort zone, should we say, um, <laughs> interpersonally. Um, and then the connection to many is most definitely the kind of thing that we're doing now. It's actually getting out there and being ourselves to the wider world and actually being okay about that. And I know that you're really big on that, Laura, because you're <laughs> a big social media person and I'm quite big on social media. And, um, you know, social media is um, one of those things where we have to get over the thought that, you know, there are going to be people out there who are looking at this and thinking, oh, you know, she's so boring or she's she's uh, so irrelevant or this, that or the other. It doesn't really matter, does it? Because yeah. um, the reason why we do this is so that our tribe will find us. So anyway, that's that's a basic concept of um, smart connection. Now, in a in an entrepreneurial um, context, um, and I'm actually working on um, something at the moment that I'm just well we'll be launching very soon but um really the business application of connection is first of all it's to do with um messaging and clarity and yeah. how uh we put ourselves out to the world in a way that people understand so um we connect and we resonate with them with the right people so that's the first thing 
Um, the second thing is actually, um, okay, so how do we actually do that? We need um, an asset, digital assets that will, that will underpin that. So yeah. of course, you know, your podcast is a part of that. Um, but I'm actually working on a very specific, um, should we say, automated funnel for myself that includes okay. a, a very, very precise uh, digital asset. So yeah. there's that. And then um, finally, uh, the the application of connection is is also to do with conversion or enrollment or whatever. So how do you actually get people to, uh, you know, sign up to your product or service or whatever? And of course, they're not going to do that unless they totally understand what's in it for them. And also they resonate and they uh, connect with you. Yeah. And again you know this whole uh, idea of um you know should we say sort of pushing away the wrong people and actually inviting the right people it's relevant very very relevant in any aspect of business activity because at the end of the day we want to enjoy our lives and we want to attract people who are the best fit for us and there will be plenty of people that aren't. So technology can be quite useful in terms of actually eliminating those people and in bringing people right to our door who are the perfect fit for us. So that's kind of smart connection in, in a business and entrepreneurial context. And tell us a little bit about your group. So you've got a very successful group. There's a lot of members in there, There's a lot of activity. Can you tell us a bit yeah. about that? Yeah, so so the Smart Connector group, I didn't just set it up really just to promote my own products. And I do see, uh, obviously, a, a lot of people do that, and it's perfectly fine if they do that. Um, but if you're the only person in a group, and it's always just, just me, 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 and I've launched this, and I've done this, and buy this, and all <laughs> the rest of it, then, you know, people can drift. And understandably, because if they're not ready to be a client right now, then they won't always come back. Yeah. So I wanted to um, create the group to be the Smart Connected Facebook group to be um, more inclusive, shall we say. So I've got some preferred partners in there who have, a, shall we say, an, an opportunity to go a little bit further maybe than some of the regular members in, in return for some moderation um, responsibilities yeah. and inviting some other members. So I've kind of uh, sort of systemized it to a certain extent. Um, and uh, also, we know, I run a promotion Friday where I let people, you know, put up their offers and their links and just, you know, promote absolutely anything they want, because I actually really do want to support entrepreneurs yeah. and small business owners and give them a platform if they haven't, um, if perhaps they, they haven't taken that step themselves towards setting up their own group or, um you know, maybe they, they never want to do that, but they welcome the opportunity to get the stuff out there. And as a result of that, there have been, there's business has taken place, referrals um, have been made and it's, that's, that's worked quite well. So that's promotion Friday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, your, your group, I was on it this morning. Your group is, is great as well, Laura. You give a lot of value. I do. I don't I, like you just say, you know, I, I think I've probably sold into that group once in the 12 months that I've had it. Um, I'm not about that. I want to help people, you know, become more comfortable on social media. And if I can help them on the way, you know, it's raised me a lot of money. If it can do that for them, then I'm more than happy to help. So that's 
that was the angle I was coming from for, for my group. But, um, but no, thank you for that kind comment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I think what you're saying is important. And I, I, um, I actually started on Rob Moore's mastermind, uh, marketing mastermind last year because I wanted to launch a podcast and I was ready to publish my book. And I thought, well, he's done both. So I'll do this. And, um, and it, I was terrible on social media before that. I mean, looking back, I was just one of these people that used to post pictures of networking meetings that I went to and my children dogs. That was all, you know, on Facebook. <laughs> I never did anything else. I wasn't even on LinkedIn. I wasn't on Instagram. I wasn't on Twitter. I didn't do anything. And when I, when I joined a group, and I think this is partly the power of a, a mastermind group, it's like, oh, my God, you know, there are all these people. They've got podcasts and they're doing you know, they're, they're posting all their stats every week in the group. And I thought, oh, I've really got to up my game here. <laughs> so, but it is just amazing and actually quite miraculous that when you take the time and the trouble to be out there and have a bit more of a profile, actually quite magical things happen. Oh, I completely agree. Completely agree. It's completely changed our business in a very short period of time. Um, yes, so 100% behind the social media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what's been the impact for you then, Laura? Um, so for us, we've managed to raise quite a lot of investment. Um, so, and we've had quite a lot of family members who um, now invest with us long term, so between three and five years, who've been watching what we've been doing and, you know, instills confidence in people. And we're really big on in our business on social proof. So obviously, like you've said, we're in property. So we always give social proof of our projects. Um, mm. There is a lot of smoke and mirrors on social media. I've heard some horror stories. And oh, so yeah. we are 100% authentic. We show everybody what we do and we show them so they can make their own judgment. Um, and I think that's probably one of the most powerful things you can do um, to grow your business because it's what we've done and how we've, gained a lot of investment in a very short period of time um so yeah so that's that's kind of what it's, it's done for us and then you know speaking opportunities face-to-face but obviously not at the moment a lot of zooms face-to-face podcast interviews i've got my own podcast so you know it really is a sequence of events and once you start the seed and it continues to be watered by being consistent like you say magical things 100 percent do happen Definitely. And, you know, that that's not to say that, of course, there is a, a, a place for um, automation, digital marketing, all the, oh, the pay traffic and all of that kind of thing. Um, and I think when I when I first started, I didn't really kind of quite get to grips with that. But I mean, it's fine. I know people who've gone straight. They've, they've dived straight into the uh, digital marketing and automation route without a social media profile. And now that's uh, scrabbling to catch up and uh, because really um you know if you want to have a very strong um strong presence today um and, and actually attract new leads it's ideal really to do both isn't it oh definitely 100 percent i completely agree jane what is next for you what would you like to achieve in the next 12 to 18 months well funnily enough laura <laughs> i was actually thinking about that this morning um, and I was doing a bit of plotting so I'm happy to share that um, so my goal is to um, create an end-to-end um, technology system uh, for my training products and I'm actually already started on that and that's completely automated and that's something that I'm going to take to other entrepreneurs as well 
um, because um, I've invested a lot of time and a lot of money in working with some really, really high level people to actually um, put this all together. Yeah. Um, because um, I realized that uh, people need filters, you know, they need automated filters in order to do this, this thing yeah. uh, that we were talking about earlier, which means, um, you know, actually repelling uh I say the wrong people there's no judgment just people who aren't the right fit whilst bringing the people who are the right fit straight to your door yeah so I'm obsessed with that um really obsessed with it um and uh you know that that's so that's a big big thing for me I I would also love to write another book because writing is my passion but I have to get the uh, the automation up and running and really, really, you know, fine tune that and get that working. And of course, um, I still do my work in property. So um, I tend to work with kind of, should we say, ultra high nets, uh, yeah. high net, you know, funds, because obviously I'm close to London. So, you know, it's... Uh, that that those are really the people that are my main contacts yeah. in property and those are the people that I look for and I look to really provide them with a very bespoke service yeah. um which uh, it so it's to do with kind of connection but it's really um it's a more um when I say occasional thing for me it's uh, not something that I do all the time yeah because I find, uh, you know, I, I love property, but I like doing both the marketing and the property because they're very different. They've got yeah. a different energy about them. <laughs> and if I was in property, yeah, if I was in property and I was just doing the, uh, you know, equity fundraising and the relationship building and so on all the time, I don't think I would be uh, really fulfilled, you know, as a person. So the, yeah. the, the marketing and the social media, that's my history. That's my background. I love that. It's very creative. I'm a creative person. So, uh, you know, I think it's really 80-20 uh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is true that the 20%, uh, right at the moment, the 20% or over the last few years has created the 80%. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> it works all the time, that principle. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, Jane, that's right. it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, if you want to put your link to your um, your, your the Smart Connector group and also your book um, in the comments on, on social media and I'll put it in the podcast. But Jane, it's been an absolute pleasure and people who are watching and listening have definitely got 100% value from today. Yeah, well, so great um, to have been invited, Laura. Um, it really has been a wonderful interview and thank you very, very much. Thank you.